You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Today on Ari Snapshots, we're catching up with Ari's Dr. Michelle Owen about her latest paper and also what's in the pipeline for her upcoming survey work. Michelle joins me now. How are you going, Michelle? I'm good, thanks, Jess. How are you? Good, that's good to hear. And now, firstly, before we get into the questions today, since we last had you on the podcast, you've officially become Dr. Michelle Owen, so that's really exciting. Congratulations. Can you just firstly tell us a little bit about that? Yes, well, it's taken a while. It's been a long process, and even though it was six months ago, it feels like it's been a lifetime. Yeah. But most most of the work was about the random surveys and characterising herbicide resistance in them for different weed species in the WA wheat belt. Yeah, well, congratulations. It's a big accomplishment, and, yeah, lots of work went into it, so we're really happy for you that it's all signed and, and sealed. And we are, we are going to be covering a few things today, but I did want to just ask you about your recently published paper. So that's called Lessons Learned Crop Seed Cleaning Reduces Weed Seed Contamination in Western Australian Grain Samples. Now, in this paper, you talk about how growers may be unintentionally introducing weed seeds through the sowing of contaminated crop seed. And so it's great to see that there's confirmation around the success of crop seed cleaning in this paper. So, Michelle, can I just ask, how did you go about conducting this study? So this was a follow-up from the study we did back in 2008. And we had grower groups in different regions of the wheat belt. And we asked those growers to provide around a 10K sample of crop seed that they were intending to sow for that year's current crop. And then once we got those samples, we then hand cleaned them by sieving and looking through the samples and picking out any weed seeds we could find just to determine what level of seed contaminant that there was in there. And then we also tested any of the seed that we found herbicide resistant so that we could see if they were actually sowing Firstly, weeds back into their cropping paddocks and also whether that seed was resistant. Okay, cool. Now, we'll go into a bit of the details on what you found in in the survey and how it compares back to the similar study that you did back in 2008. So, what did your results show in terms of crop seed contamination by weed seeds this time around? Well, in some cases, most weeds that were present were similar to um, last time, so annual ryegrass was our most common contaminant. And that sort of stands to reason as it's also our most widespread weed that we're finding in our crops. It's kind of everywhere, whereas the other weed species are more scattered or patchy in appearance, so wild radish in the northern regions and Baroma cross areas. But we found ryegrass, wild radish, wild oat and brome to be the main contaminants. And that we've also found that depending on the crop types, there were differences in which crops had the most weeds, and that was based probably on the size of the difference between the crop seed and the weed seed. So for lupins was a lot cleaner because you've got a big seed mm-hmm. versus a small weed seed. So that's what we found. But we found generally that we had less contamination and we had a greater number of samples that were also weed-free. Well, that's good to hear. And you looked at the seed cleaning options that growers have. How did the yeah. different options compare? Okay, so we had the main options were they were using the seed cleaner in town, they were using a mobile seed cleaning unit, or they were cleaning their seed at home. And most of those samples were just cleaned using sieves in the air, whereas the in-town cleaners 
always had a gravity table and then there was a bit of variation in the mobile sea cleaners. But we didn't find any significant differences between mobile units and the in-town cleaners, although there was a trend for the town cleaners to be slightly less weed seeds, but we did see that that was significant for wild radish. Mm, okay. Yeah, we also found that any sort of seed cleaning, whether it was even by home, was much better than doing no seed cleaning. So it was still reducing the level of contamination. Yeah, so it's still really important for yes. girls if they can to clean the seed. Just, yeah. yeah, and we did mention already that you conducted a similar study back in 2008. What were some of the key comparative results out of this study and the one you did back in 2008? Was there anything that really stood out to you? We had the biggest thing, I guess, was the number of weed-free samples had increased and that farmers had more farmers were using independent contractors and then they were generally moving towards in-town cleaners but also in this time the mobile units I think have become a lot more efficient what they've got inside so there's just the technologies increased as well in that time period and that a lot of growers said that they were just thinking more about hygiene sort of leaving seed behind in silos and things like that and looking at what um looking thinking about their paddocks more when they were looking at retaining seed from the um, previous year's crop like to pick a weed free site that had less of a weed burden at the beginning of the season if they were going to look at keeping that for their next year's crop seed yeah, that's great to hear. And so shifting gears a bit now, Michelle, we're going to be talking about your next weed seed survey in WA and you've been conducting surveys for a long time now. So for listeners who might not be aware, can you just give us a brief history of what you do in this regard in regards to your uh, weed surveys that you do? Okay, so we've been running, um, the first one was done in 1998 and then since then I've been running them since 2003. So they're a statewide survey covering at least 500 cropping paddocks and then we're sampling um, at harvest time. So we're going out there doing a transect through a field, looking at what weeds are present and also collecting weed samples that we then take back for screening to resist our herbicides. So these are processed over the summer. And then we do the screening the next winter season. And in our last few surveys, we've actually been much more involved with the growers. So we've asked permission for them to go onto their fields. And then we also have their contact details so we can get that information back to the growers as well. Yeah, awesome. And will you be doing anything differently in this survey compared to previous surveys? The basic um, process will be the same. We are looking at increasing the number of sites. So we're aiming for around 700 to 750 sites. So we're also hoping to do some more work with collecting more paddock data, like history, and then maybe looking at sending out a questionnaire about the um, selected paddock and looking at farmers' management for that. That sounds really interesting. And, yeah, we look forward to getting the results in the future from the uh, survey work that you do. It's such a big task and such valuable information that you're able to collect out there. Now, is there anything else that you would like to mention around your survey work before we wrap things up? No, but if anyone's interested in being involved, they can just send us an email or details if um, if they want to be involved in the random surveys. Um, all results are confidential for individual growers. We just average them for everyone to see what's happening across the state in general. 
Excellent. I'll put your details if you're happy for that. I'll put the details to get in contact with you with the podcast and then if growers are interested, they can reach out to you. Thanks so much, Michelle, for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> it's been good. <laughs>